Welcome, friends, to another episode of When I Say I Mean. A special shout out to our fans in Ukraine, or <laughs> the Ukraine, depending on who you ask. Uh, my name is Austin. Welcome. And my name is Adrian. So we decided to, or I guess I kind of decided, to, let's mix things up today. Um, we could have complained about how millennials are ruining our their lives. Um, I could barely get those words out of my mouth, so sorry about <laughs> that. Uh, or how the multiverse is kind of silly to my mind, but we might talk about that later. We're not going to talk about that today. Today we're going to talk about something that we actually like, which is crazy. In, well, y- I you talked about that earlier today, and I looked it up, and like we do talk about a lot of things we like. Well, especially like two out of well, like three of the last four. Well. I mean, we talked about Martin Luther King, which we definitely yeah. really liked that. And then we talked about board games, which we kind of right. like slamming some board games. But for generally, we're talking about how we enjoy board games. But uh, I think this a lot this of things we talk about bit. are like things we like, but we're worried that they could be bad because we're mm-hmm. grumpy old men. So although this might be the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to talk about The Office, specifically the American one. Uh, I haven't seen the non-American ones. Have you? I have. It's. I f- I feel like if you were British, you would enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm not British, so uh, I definitely bummer. enjoyed the U.S. version better. So we don't know exactly where we're going with this, but um, we'll get somewhere. So Adrian, what is your your favorite episode of The Office, and why? That's a that's a really tough choice. Um, also, for starters, it, and maybe we shouldn't even start this, but we have watched spoilers. The Office way, way too many times now. I'm not even gonna say spoilers because <laughs> we're yeah. too far past that. Yep. Um, Good. Just just for like a, a a basis of how much we have watched The Office over Christmas, the the thing was to have deep cuts. From mm-hmm. the office. Oh yeah. Where, I about that. That is so where fun. instead of instead of just making the normal Christmas office <laughs> instead of making normal office references. Well, thanks you um, guys. We would we would the goal was to try to make deep cuts. So where mm-hmm. you are like quoting random side characters from you know later at later seasons when nobody likes the ones. show anymore. Um so anyways that's that's the lengths that we go to to find enjoyment from the office still, but we still love the office. I love it mm-hmm. even so. Anyway, so for my favorite episode, it's that's got to be impossible to pick one. Um, um, honorable mention goes to stress relief from season five. Mm. Um, Both parts. As, as, yeah, as as number two, it might actually be number one just because it's so good. Um, uh, but I'm gonna go with my my all time favorite is the injury, in season mm. two. Um, why is it my favorite? Uh, it's just, it's just so good. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's season like what, two, your favorite. Yeah. Right. Season. Well, I don't know. I season five is like sneaky. Good. Um, it's not sneaky. Good. If any season two is sneaky, good. If any of them are sneaky, good. Okay. That's fair. Um, but I just I, season or the injury is just classic. The office. Mm hmm. Um, I think it just epitomizes everything 
that the office is in its glory. Uh, Michael is making a a big deal out of nothing. He calls his um, mom, and not only <laughs> not, he calls his mom. Not only is he making a big deal out of nothing, he has done something incredibly stupid and has a like extremely serious mm-hmm. rationale as to why it's not stupid. Um, that has got him into this predicament. Yep. If you're not familiar, in this episode, Michael sets out a George Foreman grill next to his bed so so that he can um, have wake up to the smell of sizzling bacon. Yep. Yep. And he wakes up and steps onto the grill and burns his foot. And so there's this, anyways, this huge hullabaloo um, going on through the entire office where he's trying to get people to care about him being injured um that's a that's a classic season two i'm just remembering uh, the his birthday when kevin has skin cancer yeah that's such a good episode Uh, another reason i like it from just from what i mentioned there but right it's so michael blowing things out of proportion sorry go for it sorry another reason i like it is that it it just has so many like I think so many characters are at their best in it. So Michael's at his best mm. because he's just being ridiculous. Jim's at his best because he's being super like snarky and, and making yep. jokes yep. at Michael's expense. Ryan is at his best yep. early on, which it's hard it, early on. I, I don't necessarily like Ryan, but Ryan the is so good in this episode. Did not have fresh <laughs> it's so good in this episode. Um, Pam's great. And then the last thing that I'll say about this episode, it it has a great like twist to it. So mm-hmm. it's called the injury, and so the whole time you're thinking it's about Michael's injury, but really the episode kind of follows Dwight, who gets a concussion, who's actually injured in this episode. Yeah, you have a um, you have a nice uh, Dwight Pam episode, right? Those right, don't come around exactly. very often, but not very often. Um, not in early so, seasons. anyways, it's it's just such a that I think that episode again is, is is what the office is all about and mm-hmm. and gets it right even early on even really before i think they kind of figure out you know what is yeah. their what is their niche um so, I don't, yeah it's hard there's a lot of episodes um but i'm going to i'm going to probably go with one that i took a long time to come around on um but the uh, the dinner party. Um, really? Yeah, it's it's just peak the office to me. Uh, everyone hates Jan, but Jan is such she's such a great character to the office because she is like she's serious, but at the same time just like delusional and self destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael is clueless the entire time, which is great. Uh, <laughs> Angela is killing it this episode. <laughs> One of the best parts is when she takes that ice cream cone the and just slams cone. it <laughs> into the side of Andy's car. Uh, like I don't. These are characters that I don't like a lot, but they're all great together mm-hmm. in this episode. Uh, the part where he Michael is showing off his flat screen TV oh is goodness. so funny. <laughs> if, if it's taking up too much room. <laughs> You can just push it up into the wall, and it goes, like, no distance. <laughs> it's, have you seen, it's so good. Have you seen the bloopers from that episode? Yeah, absolutely. He cannot get through that line. 
That's so good. I I hated this episode the first time I saw it because mm-hmm. it's so uncomfortable. Yep. Um, just yeah, as um, Jim says, uh, Michael and Jan are playing their own separate <laughs> game. Who can make our guests most uncomfortable? And they're both winning. They're it's, both it's winning. It's perfect. Like, it's the cringiest the right. the U.S. office gets, and they they do it not just by being awkward, but they do it by building up this huge thing. Uh, Michael finally gets the best of Jim, and in one occasion, he gets him to to agree to do something with him. So it's uh it's awful and hilarious. Um, and that to me that's the office is is that the opener of that one where he gets yeah. them to work late just so yeah. he tricks him well we like, don't want to work it's so good y- yeah y- that's like just a little bit of glimpse of y- every so often you see a glimpse of michael's like brilliance and mm-hmm. that was like one of those moments so yeah michael's is such a weird guy so i i think what what makes the office great is it's it's ensemble um because even even people who are there just briefly like you can you can have all of creed's lines in like 20 minutes but he's still like every time he's on every time he's there he's like steals the show it's it's unbelievable yeah it's it's really about the one-liners um Mm -hmm. and like those one-liner characters right um, but even like Stanley, right? Stanley gets yep. every, every once in a while, great. he just drops like a brilliant one-liner and it's just amazing. And and so it like, I think that's what makes it a great show in a lot of ways is not only do I like care a lot about the main characters mm-hmm. and, and they're amazing and hilarious and ridiculous, but then like you just have these sprinklings of just like minor characters that just like well, drop and I- brilliance. I like how their lives clearly go on outside of like there's a there's an interview that's uh Stanley and Phyllis and they're talking about like little Romeo for some reason <laughs> and Stanley's like little Romeo used to be good and I'm just like these it's, it's like it's great that they can just like take these characters who barely show up and they just have like this whole world going on separate mm-hmm. from uh the the main cast. Mhm. So, also, uh, go ahead. Is is it good that we n- like know the office as much as we do cuz like we could like <laughs> our our Christmas is, right. was like dominated by who can make the most obscure office quote. Right. So is that a good thing? Um, is that... I don't know. Um, I think at, at its... Uh, you know, uh, Yeah, I could go... Basically, just through my head, I went from it's a bad thing to it's probably neutral to maybe it's a good thing. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to start talking and see what happens. So sure. Bring it, it. Can be, it can be a good thing if you're in a group of people where everybody's going to get it. Um, I think, or it adds something to the conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. so even, even over Christmas when we were doing deep cuts, right? Like 
if we kept those deep cuts to just between the two of us and we got it like yeah. that i think is fine right because that like it, it brings joy to that but then when you like right right when you expand it and we're like interacting with a larger group of people and it's like okay we're the only ones that get it i don't i think that kind of detracts from it yeah um and and that goes in general right i think mm-hmm. i mean a lot of people have seen the office and a lot of people get references to the office even if they haven't get seen rory it rory flenderson references right 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 that's what i'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to the the normal people who go at the office not us crazy people um and and i think that that can also be like a good thing in a sense even if people don't understand like don't necessarily get the reference they can still kind of like enjoy it i guess um so then neutral um if it doesn't really it doesn't really benefit me at all that i know just like the complete episodes of the office by heart or and it's not really detrimental in a way that it's like i'm going to I mean, of course, I've lost, potentially lost those hours of my life that I can't get back. Um, But in a lot of ways, I feel like it it could just be neutral. And then negative, for the same reasons I kind of mentioned earlier, it it can be exclusive. Um, I think just in general, the the amount of The Office that I have watched in order for me to be able to, like, come up with a quote from The Office for every Mm -hmm. single situation Mm -hmm. ever is probably bad um and and to be honest it might sound kind of silly but like i've definitely felt convicted it's like wow i can in every situation in my life i can come up with a quote from the office but like i can't come up with like a scripture verse from the bible to do it and it's kind of like wow like what do i care about like obviously this shows that i have (laughs) the ability to memorize things yet I'm choosing to memorize some sitcom as opposed to, like, something that has yeah. much well, greater just, value. To me, The Office is just, like, my snack food medium. It's like I'm sitting around at home, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm, i like, because I have stupid classes where I just, uh, I rewrite all my homework in pen after I write it in pencil because I have to scan it and send it to my professor who I never see. Anyway, so it's like I'm rewriting all my homework. The office is on. Um, and it, it's just, it's like background filler in a way mm-hmm. that most media I don't want to treat as background filler, but I'm okay doing that with the office because, like, it's it's funny, but it's not trying to, it doesn't often try to be more than just, funny which is mm-hmm. is fine um so yeah i th- like it has the same pros and cons as any like in group out group type of thing mm-hmm. like if yeah basically what you said if the in group gets it and it's a way to like i can't believe you just quoted season eight um <laughs> or something like that like a nelly quote or something uh who's the worst like Jan is kind of the worst, but Nellie is actually the worst because she adds, like, nothing to the show. Yeah, yeah. Jan, at least, when she's gone, you're like, what am I supposed to watch now? Yeah, this is boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, yeah, like, the, sa- the, the same problems are, like, if you're in a situation of, of mixed company, if you will, um, who 
you don't get your in-group references. Mm-hmm. Like, if you feel superior to people. I Like, I don't think that's a big problem with The Office. But that is a that is kind of a problem for other fan bases. I like mm-hmm. to think The Office isn't really, like, a fan base in the way that, like, Star Wars has a fan base. Mm. People aren't as, know. like... People aren't rabid about the about the office in the same way they are. I mean, Star Wars. but like when like season eight and nine were coming out, like people were upset. Well, they were bad. Right, but like that's the same thing as Star Wars, right? Like if people think that Star Wars is bad and they were upset when it was coming out, people thought that like season eight and nine were terrible when they were coming out but now it's kind of like oh okay it's the office like, but we like still if, love you, it. if you don't know everything about the office i'm not gonna be like oh i can't believe you even call yourself an office fan right right uh so i think that's the the downside uh, yeah other than other things i could have been doing with my time but i mean you can't always be doing everything with your time sometimes you need a snack Medium. That's fair. Um, and there's definitely worse things than The Office, probably. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I would chop the probably. <laughs> there's way worse things you could be doing <laughs> every time. Uh, but that, I mean, that's not... Just because there are worse things to do doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't also bad. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, so... What what makes The Office work uh, but mm-hmm. shows that I don't like not work? Um, let me think of some shows that I don't like. Uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I watched like the first s- two seasons of that. Eh. Or uh, 30 Rock, which I'm much more eh, about than uh, most shows that I've watched. Yeah. Have you seen either of those? I haven't seen, well, I'm going to say no. I've seen zero of Kimmy Schmidt, whatever that is. That's the one with who's her name. With Aaron, who is like my least favorite character. Right. I kind of like Aaron, but I know that you don't. Um, Anyways, and I've seen a handful of episodes of... um, 30 Rock. 30 Rock. Okay, Um, what are some, what's a TV show that you don't think works? Um, I'm going to try to think basically I'll compare it to like, well, these are shows that kind of work, I guess I was going to say like Brooklyn nine, nine or superstore, which they both work, but I think for the let's, same similar let's reason, do, let's do superstore. Cause that's something we've actually both seen. Yeah. So, so I think that superstore works for similar reasons that the office does but it's not as good. Um, so I think that, and again, my my viewing is probably pretty pretty limited, and you can probably chime in with other shows that you've seen. Maybe I think mm-hmm. Thirty Rock kind of fits into what I'm about to say. But so I think what what really works about The Office, first off, and probably I think most important to like sitcoms like The Office or or whatever you want to say with these shows is that you have to have like just good characters. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have good core characters, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a good show. Um, 
but then so that's like the first that's the first thing so you have you have just phenomenal characters in the office um and then the next step down from that is you have to have like okay the next step is going to be um you have to have like a believable setting i'm gonna say Mm -hmm. um and so that's another great thing about the office the office is it it takes the office setting and like just takes it up like a notch and a half almost yeah or or like a notch where it's like i can still relate to these situations that are happening but because these characters are characters and are ridiculous like it just takes it to a next level which so, is yeah. like ridiculous i'm gonna say superstore is is too it's too attached to its setting like mm-hmm. i don't think the characters in superstore would survive what's superstore? outside of superstore is uh what wants to be NBC's new flagship mm-hmm. comedy. Uh, it, it's people working in a, basically a Walmart, but it's called oh. Cloud9. Um, and there's a will they, won't they romantic lead. Uh, there's an incompetent boss. There's a hard-boiled assistant regional manager. Uh, or assistant manager, whatever Dina's position actually mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, uh, shoot, what's his name? He doesn't have a... Jonah? No. Garrett? Gareth? Gareth? Yeah, he doesn't really have his, a direct parallel to no. the office. And he's the best character. He is the best so. character. <laughs> um. But I don't. I don't think the characters would work if they weren't. If they weren't in the superstore, like I right. don't think it would be as funny. So, uh, looking at superstore, I think that their setting is is fantastic mm-hmm. for a sit for a sitcom, um, and it makes up for their lack of excellent main characters. I think. I mean, yeah, their main Jonah, characters are good. Jonah and. Uh, Amy. Amy. They're both kind of boring. I think they're boring. I do love Jonah, though, because I probably can relate to him more than I care to admit. But um, anyways, I think that their their setting is what makes them kind of trying to get to that spot right Mm -hmm. now. Um, Because it is so good and it's so funny and so many good situations that can come up in that. Um, You can just have, like, cutaways to random people in the superstore doing just bonkers things and you're like right that seems like a walmart yep yep exactly and so then the final thing that i think makes a good show into a great show is that you have to have those minor characters that are just Mm -hmm. like fantastic um and so the office does a great job of that um and i think that's what that's what um I'll talk about Brooklyn Nine Nine too. I think that's what Brooklyn Nine Nine does really well too, is is it it has just fantastic like minor characters that are just hilarious, um, and so I think that that's probably where I think I think that um, again I haven't really seen Thirty Rock, so I'll throw it to you. But if I had to guess, I would say they're they're missing that aspect of it, and like the setting isn't mm-hmm. yeah. as as good for a sitcom. I yeah, I don't like the setting because it like it forces the show to be 
very like meta and self-aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, sitcoms you kind of sitcoms are like their own fantasy world, uh, where things are better and worse than they are in real life at the same mm-hmm. time. But Thirty Rock is like too aware that it's a fantasy world because it's it's a show about writers of a TV show, mm-hmm. um, which is just Tina Fey's life, uh, right? And so, like Jack, he's a larger than life character, but not in a not in the same like flawed way that Michael is. Like Michael is a character. Who should not exist in real life, but you're like, wow, I could Im-. like, yep. it's not unfeasible that he exists in real life. But Jack mm-hmm. is like, he's supposed to be this like the CEO or not quite the CEO of GE or something. Is like, why is he spending any time with Tracy Jordan and Liz Lemon or, and these writers and like, and that, so The Office is like the best characters. You know the most about them, and they're great. And then they mm-hmm. have like the second tier characters like Andy, Angela, um, Daryl maybe, and they're they're great. Oh, Ryan and Kelly. Mm-hmm. And then the like the bottom tier characters, you barely see them at all. But like you don't need to because like right. they get more caricatured as they go down kind of, but they're still mm-hmm. very distinct and you like you can't just swap them out for each other. But in right. in Thirty Rock it feels like there's like three characters, uh, Pete, uh, Lutz, I think, and uh, this other guy, played by Judah Freelander. I forget his character's name, but they're very interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, they're kind of distinct, but not not in the same way that like Phyllis is distinct from Stanley, is distinct yep. from Creed, like. Th- weirdly, like a great part of season seven, I think it is. No, six. Whichever one Michael leaves in. Seven. It's an episode where D'Angelo is in. So it's pretty terrible. But when Michael's doing impersonations of <laughs> oh office members, it's so great because he can just sit in a certain way and yep. turn. And he is like, he's Phyllis because you know who Phyllis is. Right. And she's, she's constant throughout. But then. The, the more important characters can have these arcs um, that they do perfectly. Like, uh, Jack doesn't change really at all in 30 Rock. And, you, like, your main character for seven seasons should be should be more dynamic than that. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, Ron Swanson is kind of comparable to Jack. Um, but Ron changes. Yeah, like, yeah, a lot, especially starting from like season five on. But I, yeah, I think he does change more than he would probably be willing to admit. Yeah. By the way, Parks and Rec is another great show for all those mm-hmm. same reasons. So yeah, I think the the office setting is one that's familiar enough, but the characters are like just strange enough. Mm-hmm. That you're like, I could imagine working with these people, but I'm so glad I don't. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's fantastic. I don't know. What else do we want to say about The Office? Do we want to say anything else? Um, I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think. Do we recommend so th- it? 
I recommend it. Yes. Okay. I, I don't. I don't. To me, the only TV show that comes close and might beat it would be Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I still love The Office more than Parks and Rec, even though I do love Parks and Rec dearly. Anyways. Um, People are hating on The Office these days. Really? Yeah. Well, b- basically that? because uh, um, the sexual harassment that happens in The Office. Mm, well, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, awesome. I wanted to say uh, a, s- a very underrated aspect of later seasons is Jim and Dwight taking over the party planning committee. <laughs> like that shouldn't be s- that shouldn't be as good as is, but it's so good because they both yep. clearly hate it. Yeah. But they they don't want the other to like succeed in it either. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. kind of do. So, and Toby is he's 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 amazing. It's so good. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to see mm. talk about it compared to other sitcoms. Um, for instance, like, everybody loves Friends right now. Um, people love How I Met Your Mother. Um, even, like, Seinfeld, I would kind of. Have you seen any of those? I, I watched the first two seasons of How I Met Your Mother. Or maybe I didn't get through the second season um in college and i was like you know what i don't really like this at all um i have seen the finale of how i met your mother classic (laughs) that's um but uh, yeah i just i think that and maybe just people maybe this is just my personality and i like Mm -hmm. I, i don't really like that kind of sitcom as much um but i i just feel like it's I I don't relate to it as much, I guess, as I would, like The Office or Parks and Rec. How and is it? I don't, how is it different? I I don't feel like the characters are relatable. Um, They're like maybe too they unreal. Maybe or it it the the settings. Maybe we just don't live I, in New York know. City. Or maybe I just haven't seen enough episodes to comment on any of this stuff. But Dad likes Seinfeld. Yeah. Maybe Zach I just don't like all the characters. Yeah. I don't so know. Maybe but we like, should just I, ask him. Okay. I, d- I like, like, I like all the characters in Arrested Development, but they're all the I worst. I was going to talk about Arrested <laughs> Development, too. <laughs> Arrested Development is great because of its ensemble. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing nothing it's, should work true. about that show because it's about a bunch of, like, entitled, stuck-up rich people who are just a mess. Mm-hmm. But they're they're so good. Lucille is right. amazing. Definitely watch that. George show. Michael. I think it's, it's you know it's probably just like the the style of like humor that I enjoy more. Yeah. Um, I think I think they're still on Netflix. Oh, I think Zach so. apparently has not paid for Netflix, so I don't know what I'm gonna do with <laughs> homework today. Wow. So you like. Who knows? So yeah, I I think that's probably it. Um, if you if you think that the office is too cringy, do not watch Arrested yeah. Development because you, you will hate it. Um, if you like or if you like the office, 
you're probably gonna love Arrested Development because though Britney does not like Arrested that's Development. That's true. So, but see that I think that's weird. what's good about it's the bonkers. Office. Bonkers. That's what's good about the Office, though, is because yes, it is cringy and it has those moments. It has so many different layers of comedy to it, right? Yeah, and there's the there's things everyone has ex- like experienced in some way, right? You you have comedy that ranges from literal just like slapstick comedy, of just like people running into things or like trapping mm-hmm. bats on people's heads in garbage yeah. bags. But then you also have like the just like really deep like four three season long jokes that are going on that nobody mm-hmm. talks about until like Jim says something absolutely ridiculous <laughs> and it's just like Jim, are you just referencing something from Bear like two five. seasons ago? Oh my goodness, it's so good. And so like uh, that's another thing what I think is is good. It doesn't limit itself to like mm-hmm. just one way of it being funny. I I like when Dwight is stabbing the bush with the the stake he made to fight Dracula Jim. Yep. Yeah. Um, that sentence was ridiculous, but that's yeah. And so there's like the the bonkers kind of like surreal dream world that Michael and Dwight live in, mm-hmm. and there's like the ironic self aware world that Pam and Jim live in, and they coexist with each other and they overlap sometimes. Um, like I, like com- some of the best moments are when Michael calls out to Jim for making fun of him, mm-hmm. or uh, the end of Survivor Man is yeah. like that's Survivor Man is a great episode. Or or like when um, the end of Survivor Man person... is Sorry, by the way is just like Jim has uh kind of failed as manager for the day and Michael comes and takes over for him and they share a moment about where they are and where they're going to be. And maybe they don't want to be there. <clears throat> what were you saying? Um, or yeah, the end of um, the episode where nobody shows up to Pam's, um art show oh that yeah does. yeah it it i think that's just such another great thing about the office mm-hmm. is those moments where like michael as is actually brilliant or michael actually does yeah. something that it's like wow like sometimes they're always just insane they roll things back where michael steps out of his fantasy world and jim and pan step out of their irony world and it, then it's mm-hmm. it's just like a really it's a great moment. Like, yeah, that that moment is, it's great. Mm-hmm. Or or the um, the the pretzel day one where the entire mm. episode Michael is just like going absolutely crazy because he just had all this sugar, and so it's like classic Michael, right? Oh, he's gonna blow this sale. Like he's gonna, it's like Pam's like tracking the things that he's doing throughout the day. Yep. Yep. Um, but then by the end of the day she realizes wow he just like made this huge sale and like even though michael is insane he actually is secretly like good at his job Mm -hmm. yeah so the office an american workplace (laughs) we haven't talked about oscar kevin at all 
what what makes Oscar great? Oscar Oscar is Oscar and Toby <laughs> are great because they're just real okay, Oscar is just like a real person. Yep. In this ludicrous world. He's yep. not he's not like snarky and ironic about it like Jim is. Mm-hmm. He's not completely unaware of it like uh Michael and Dwight are he's not trying to perform at all. He's right. just a guy who's there and just oh how how on earth is my world like this? I just imagine that is going through his head all the time. Like, like what is my life? How right. did I end up in this situation? <laughs> what has gone wrong? And it and it's really it, and it's one of those things where like you it's only a show that he stays there through the entire thing mm-hmm. because it's like anyone else would have just left like Absolutely. seasons ago. I feel, I feel like he's he and Angela are secretly the only reason anything gets done. Yeah. And Dwight. Well, and and but Dwight. Dwight Dwight must be selling like so he outsells the entire company. Like Dwight is really the only reason Dunder Mifflin is a company in later season like when they're the best branch. How? Uh-huh. And uh what is what are all the other branches like? <laughs> no idea. The reason the reason Oscar is great is because he for all those reasons, but because he's like the perfect foil for Michael. Yeah, right? like yeah. he he is like the exact opposite, and like whenever those two interact, it's perfect. Like when Every, they're yeah. when they're Everyone debating about just, China. Yeah, everyone's like a cartoon character except right. Oscar. Right. Right. And even like Toby, he'd be a normal person if he wasn't always being berated by Michael. Right. Um, <laughs> Toby's great. He's great, but it's a cake, Toby. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, yes, I would say watch The Office. Um, if it get you got to get past the first season. You, it's only six the, episodes, so you'll watch the first season. And you think, wow, this show is stupid. What were they thinking back in two thousand? Where's Steve Carell's hair? Right. Um, all of these things. Um, but once you once you like The Office, then you can go back and watch season one and realize and then, that it's actually really good. If you watched it like six years ago, you're like, whoa, Amy Adams and Pam aren't yeah. the same person. But yeah. like, that's pretty clear at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think you will, I hope you'll enjoy it. If even, even if you can't get past Michael, there are still lots of great redeeming. Michael is a, he's a stumbling block. Every single Christmas episode is amazing. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was just, um, it was just, uh, Valentine's Day. So I was mm. thinking about Cupid Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy little bird, but he gets the job done. That's the other thing about Michael. That his I just his language love. skills are amazingly terrible. And he's so serious. He's so he's confident. Saying, he's saying the most ridiculous things so confidently and so serious. Oh, I'm not just... superstitious, but I am a little stitious. All right, we need to stop this before we just end up yeah. just going on for quotes forever. Okay. Uh, so, any other 
recommendations. My recommendation for this week. Yes, my recommendation is. Um, wait, let me get it here. It's saying um. Right, no, it's not you. saying um. I just want to. Okay, so the the album is actually called Reckless Love. Um, so Corey Asbury's new album Reckless Love featuring the song Reckless Love. Um it's just fantastic. That song itself is amazing. Um and so I recommend that song if not the whole album, but the whole album is also fantastic. Um and if you are going to be at Creation Festival this summer, Reckless Love is my prediction for worship song of the year because mm. as like what was it last year? Um, I forget, but like every band played that one song every single time, that new Hillsong song. But this one, Reckless Love by Corey Asbury, is fantastic. That's my recommendation for this week and the whole album. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a, a regular recommendation and then a, a bonkers recommendation or like an out there, try it. You might hate it, recommendation, but give it a shot. Um, so first regular recommendation, um, The Adolescence. Or no, The Adolescent by uh, Dostoevsky. Back-to-back Dostoevsky recommendations. Yep, I wow. held off for a long time, but now it's getting I'm out going of control. No one gave me it, got me The Adolescent for Christmas, so I got it for myself. Uh, just about done. Um, it's, it's not his normal, uh, just like what somebody said, like philosophy with a touch of brimstone is, uh, what I read. Someone said, this is not that, um, it's, it's much more normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of his response to Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy, which is a, a more like traditional family novel his is like a family novel, but uh, what he calls it is an accidental family. So, like, the parents aren't really together. Um, he has, like, all kinds of half-siblings and full siblings who don't see each other. Um, and so it, it's it's a much more, like, modern family than Anna Karenina is. Um, there are some moments where it's... Like, wow, this is a Dostoevsky novel when he uh, kind of breaks his cluelessness and uh, asks, like, really pressing questions to a group of communist separatists. So that's that's classic. Um, so, yeah, lesson. Give it a give it a shot after you finish Notes from the Underground. Um, and then my my give it a shot and see what happens recommendation is um black panther hmm. not the movie also the movie but more the the soundtrack that was released last week it is produced by Kendrick Lamar um so it's a little more profane than many albums uh but it's uh it's different there's some uh interesting things things going on um yeah, th- 
that it ties in with like the themes of Black Panther, the movie. So, uh, and the last track is called Pray For Me, and it ties in with his previous album pretty well. So, if you like it, check out the rest of his discography. It's also much more profane than most music, but that's my weird try it recommendation. So, so we will offer you a good balance of music. You can listen to Kendrick Lamar, and then you can listen to Corey Asbury, and just balance it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, which you it can needs do some... by the way. Anyway, anyways. Thanks for joining us. Yep. We will see you again next week. Yep. Yep.